time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. It is Monday, November 6th. We're grateful to have you here. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. And man, did we have a lot go on last week. Look at the podcast we released last week. Pay attention to those. If you did not listen to the podcast we released last week, you missed some really critical information. You still can listen to it because it's not yet birdcage material. It's still timely to what's going on. James Wigan, when we talked to James Wigan, we talked about what he anticipated would happen with a lawsuit. He anticipated and told everybody that lawsuit, they're going to lose. NER is going to lose. And they did. They lost big time. Now, what's going to happen is it's playing out literally as we talk. And so more is coming out this week. You're going to stay tuned with us because we're going to be talking more about it. Not necessarily today because we don't have any fresh information today, but we'll be talking more and more about it. So stay tuned on that. Also, Doug Duncan and Les Parker and Adam Kingonis, we had them all on the podcast and we talked along with Matt Graham, of course, sorry, Matt, and we introduced the topic of what's going to go on with the Federal Reserve. Doug said they're not going to change. They didn't. And we're going to get the consequences of that. So folks, listen to last week's podcast. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, starting out with Byte Software. Byte is a software that works the way you want to work with Byte's highly configurable LOS technology, robust process controls, flexible integration tools. Enjoy an excellent level of customization with an intuitive interface that doesn't require an army or a small fortune of administrative staff. Also want to say a special thank you to Finastra, the largest fintech company in the world. Automate both tasks and expert underwriting intellect to move seamlessly and profitably between market cycles. Also, Total Expert is already built for lenders and has the intelligence and understanding of their unique needs. you got to check out the journeys that are in Total Expert. Such a mature system, especially when you're having to cut back on your staff. Total Expert has not. They've kept building and building robust journeys. When you say journeys, I'm talking about marketing journeys and when you're working with your consumers. Check out Total Expert as well as iEmergent. We're going to hear from John Maynell here in just a minute with their segment that he shares with us each week. Be sure to pay attention to that. I don't know how people are going to be doing business without the business intelligent tools of iEmergent. So powerful, along with Mobility, MMI, and Modex. These three companies working together are such a powerful tool. Also, a special thank you goes out to MBA, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, and we're so grateful for all of our sponsors. This coming week, we've got some really exciting podcasts being released on November 8th, Wednesday. We've got Dan Cantonelli of Total Expert and Melissa Wright with American Pacific Mortgage. I really enjoyed meeting Melissa at the Housing Wire Annual Conference here in Austin shortly after we recorded that podcast. Again, Great content, pay attention to it, especially when you're looking at how you can use the technology today, like Total Expert, to really help you grow and drive your business forward. 
Also, a special shout-out goes to our regulars, Adam DeSanctis, Les Parker, Matt Graham, David Kittle, Alice Alvey, and Alan Pollock. Thank you all for the contribution you make each week to the podcast. Let's get over to Adam DeSanctis with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. On Friday afternoon, the Financial Stability Oversight Council voted unanimously to approve finalized interpretive guidance that alters the process for the determination and designation of non-banks as systemically important financial institutions. The guidance reinstates FSOC's ability to directly pursue the designation of a market participant without first requiring the identification of a particular market activity. FSOC also approved a finalized analytic framework detailing the factors FSOC considers when evaluating systemic risk to the global financial system. Non-banks of concern to FSOC include hedge funds, money market funds, payment system providers, crypto assets, and IMB servicers. So why does this matter? Under the new guidance, non-bank financial companies are more vulnerable to the prospect of FSOC designation and the resulting enhanced prudential supervision by the Federal Reserve. MBA does not believe IMBs, individually or as a sector, pose a systemic risk to the entire U.S. financial system and highlighted these concerns in our July 2023 comment letter. In a blog post earlier last week, MBA President and CEO Bob Brooksman called FSOC's moves an attempt to impose a solution where no problem exists and warned that regulators using their authority to designate IMB servicers as SIFIs would negatively affect the mortgage market and consumers. It is worth noting, actual designations of any non-banks, whether hedge funds, money market funds, crypto players, or IMBs, would not be expected until 2024 at the earliest. We will continue to engage with the White House, Treasury Department, and FSOC agencies and staff on this issue. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Adam, for the update. Listeners, be sure to download the Mortgage Action Alliance app, also known as MAW, Mortgage Action Alliance, M-A-A. We love this app because it can support the MBA's efforts and what they're doing on the Hill. I would say it's a legislative app, but it's an app that allows you to support what the MBA is doing. Check it out. Get signed up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app. Now it's time for the TM Spotlight, this week's Macro View of the Markets with Les Parker. What do you have for us today and what is the music parody? TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Doctor, our eyes have seen the bears and the bad parade of rates with bulls breaking. Now we want loans to expand. The moment of truth came last week, which ended with a strong bull run to a new trend. The historic level of shorts heading into the Treasury and Fed announcements and the jobs report drove rates down. It becomes increasingly challenging to tighten in 2024. As a result, expect the bond bulls to return the curve to wider inversion, at least until the short end prices in the Fed easing. But don't look for a large increase in loan volumes or margins. Just going, it's too late for me. These views are mine. Keep your eye on the prize at tmspotlight.com. There's so much packed into that short message. If you haven't already done so, be sure to sign up for Les Parker's TM Spotlight newsletter. You can get the paid version for free if you enter the code POWER short for power seller, where it asks for it in the design. So free letter, that, and you get the paid version for free. Nothing like getting something of value for free. Appreciate it. Thank you, Les. Love that music parody once again. 
Let's listen to today's update from our friends at Calc. It's nice to see the growing interest in alternative business models emerging in mortgage lending. As Keenan Chan, the EVP of Strategy and Growth at Clear Capital, said in the Housing Wire op-ed last week, my, how things have changed. Chan cites the woes facing the mortgage industry, and we're all so familiar with those, it doesn't bear repeating. However, in typical Keenan fashion, his write-up was remarkably upbeat and forward-thinking about our industry. In his piece, he noted, it's worth exploring some examples of how prop techs are adapting, especially considering the recent Redfin report showing that one-third of home buyers are paying in all cash. While we all know that doesn't mean people are carrying around burlap sacks with dollar signs and buying up properties, that statistic points to the need to compete with these buyers. As they say, necessity is the mother of invention, and the adapting emerging innovations like the ones Chen highlighted are helping give home buyers a shot at competing in this tight market. And if it helps lenders stay competitive in this market, imagine what these innovations can accomplish when rates go back down and the market thaws. Until next time, stay inspired, stay curious, and stay connected. I'm Dan Muggy, and that's this week's Calc Mortgage Minute. Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live, is here with this week's market update. Matt, what you got for us today, friend? This is Matt Graham with the MBS Live market update. Last week was hotly anticipated, and it did not disappoint. We were looking forward to this week for uh, a few reasons. Number one, Treasury refunding announcement was expected to be a market mover. That's where Treasury announces auction sizes and overall issuance estimates for the upcoming quarter. And uh, that was released in stages both on Monday and Wednesday. And it was responsible for kicking off the uh, more serious part of the bond rally last week on Wednesday morning. It was joined by several economic reports that helped push the same narrative. First up was ADP employment at 113 versus 150. Modest miss, but an indication that NFP might have been slightly weaker than expected. Then we had ISM manufacturing. That PMI came in lower than expected. And also jolts, job openings and labor turnover. That was not lower than expected, but it wasn't too much higher. And it was also under the important 10 million level. And uh, the bond market seemed to enjoy that trio of data and continue to rally into the Fed announcement in that afternoon. Fed announcement as expected, no hike, nobody expected that. Fed Chair Powell reiterated things that multiple Fed speakers, including himself, said in the previous three weeks. And the takeaway for the bond market was essentially that the Fed could be done hiking, probably is done hiking, unless the economic data or inflation reaccelerate. And in that case, they would be willing to hike again if necessary. But in general, this is a shift and an important one from the September dot plot where the Fed announced or forecast rather another 50 basis points of rate hikes and a longer time spent at the ceiling. The bond market subsequently adjusted 50 basis points or more higher in terms of bond yields. And now we have the Fed saying that, oh, hey, that 50 basis points we saw in September, we don't necessarily see that anymore. And so it is not a huge surprise that the bond market has rallied about 50 bips from the highs, a little bit less when you count the give back that we've seen so far in the current week. But nonetheless, it generally lines up. Rounding out last week's market movers, we had the big jobs report on Friday. It didn't miss by a huge amount, but it did miss, which was important. Non-farm payrolls came in at 150K versus 180, and the previous two months were revised down. 
unemployment rate rose and the labor force participation rate dropped, meaning that the rise in unemployment is actually effectively a bit bigger than the headline would suggest. All that taken as evidence that the labor market is finally showing signs of legitimate cooling. Not that it hasn't from the uh, frothy levels a year ago, but uh, more so relative to a baseline from before COVID. So once we get into this sub 200K range, it is um, more in line with what the Fed wants to see before it feels comfy about cutting rates. Of course, inflation will need to play ball as well, but they believe that this uh, modest softening in the labor market is a prerequisite for that. We'll see what we see as the year continues to a close over the next two months and as data continues to come in. It's likely the case that a big picture confirmed shift in rates will require more than a single week of favorable economic data. And one could argue that last week's data isn't really quite bad enough to um, cause a shift. So we have to consider that some of the reversal in the bond market could be due to just how crappy and high the rates were coming into last week be the market blowing off a little bit of steam. Indeed, when you plot a trend line under the higher lows leading up to last week, the big rally seen on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday merely got yields back in line with that upwardly sloped line. So we will need to see more gains to defeat that trend. It's not impossible. And I would go so far as to say it could even be likely that we've seen the highs for this cycle, as long as economic data doesn't reaccelerate or show new signs of resilience, as long as inflation continues to do what it's been doing, then the highs are in. Otherwise, if the data pops, it would not be too hard or too surprising to see yields rechallenge the ceiling. But uh, all we really know at any given time in the bond market is that uh, we're good for now. And now we have the current week to talk about really quickly. Uh, there are a ton of Fed speakers, hardly any economic data, and three big treasury auctions for the market to digest to see how investors are feeling, not so much about the increased uh, amounts of these auctions, but more so about the recently lower yields uh, that have been, you know, changed dramatically from where they would have been had these auctions been held a week ago. So uh, that will be the most informative thing from a bond trading standpoint, and then the Fed comments are really peppered throughout the week, and those could help uh, sort of provide the fine-tuning adjustments, if you will. That's going to do it for this week. Back to you. Thank you, Matt. Listeners, check out mbslive.net for up to the nanosecond updates. <laughs> this is timely information on this ground of screens. You got to check it out. Use the sign-up code LOL to, to get an extended trial period without having to put in a credit card. Let's get over John Maynell of iEmergent with this week's update. Thanks, David. As you know, iEmergent's purchase mortgage forecasts give lenders geotargeting capabilities by neighborhood or census tract. This means lenders can optimize their direct mail efforts by using Mortgage Market Smart's zip code overlays. It's the only platform available that can save lenders an unprecedented amount of time and money in their direct mail campaigns. Lenders that use this feature engage with many more borrowers in much less time. And this functionality is absolutely unique to iEmergent, David. So good to have Alice Alvey joining us, Vice President and Partner Education. I like that word partner because that's how they view all of their people that work there as partners. I love that. She's uh, responsible for all training there at Union Home and is here to give us the legislative update. Alice, good to have you here. Hello, everyone. Alice Alvey here to bring you three updates from the agencies, FHA, Fannie, and Freddie. 
So let's start with FHA since that's a simple one. They are uh, going to be changing their manufactured home appraisal requirements. Now this is mortgagee letter 23-18, pretty simple, but it, and it really does apply to the Fannie Mae MH Advantage and the Freddie Choice manufactured homes. For those of you who aren't aware of these uh, home construction options, they are absolutely worth recognizing and making sure that you're familiar with them. So Fannie Mae's MH Advantage is really uh, designed for manufactured home builders who are going that extra mile in the way that the home is designed. Their roof pitch, the front of the home, they'll use drywall. Everything about the facade and the interior of the home is that elevated quality that really can be compared to a stick-built home. So make sure you check out this type of manufactured home construction, not only for your business, but also for your families. And take a look at how uh, unique and quality these homes are and recognize that for the industry, now including FHA, those homes can be compared to a stick built. So that does give the appraiser more options and a much better opportunity to be able to show that those homes really are worth more and will be marketed similar to a stick built home. Next up is Fannie Mae's announcement 23-10, where they have um, revised their policy to make it clear that when a borrower is scheduled to begin new employment under the terms of an employment offer or contract, it cannot be with family. There are several instances really throughout the lending process where all of us as lenders have to be aware that when we're getting verification from family, there is a high probability it is not arm's length, it is not as secure and stable, Uh, there really is a chance that it's either misguided or direct misrepresentation. So we know there's a lot of legitimate relationships out there. My son worked for me. I had family that worked for me very legitimately for years. Um, However, the fraud and the problems that can arise from that are just really measurable. And so for Fannie and all the agencies, I'm going to say you really have to always be careful when you're already taking a risk. So as Fannie is saying, this is related to terms of employment under a contract. You know, so my borrower hasn't started working yet, and it's going to be a job that's happening just before we close. You're already in a high-risk scenario. We can't layer that with that person is also now this verification is coming from family. And that's the case whether or not you're getting a pay stub or not. So heads up, uh, you know, we see this a lot. Uh, and, and I wouldn't say it's every file, obviously when I say a lot, but it's more than you would expect that you have someone who was previously self-employed and converting to employed and all of that is running through family. You know, I would just recommend that as this announcement came out, there really is an overall message for all mortgage bankers to really be mindful of being careful when you're getting those verifications from family. Um, The last bulletin I'm going to touch on today is Freddie Mac's Bulletin 23-22. This is one of my all-time favorite bulletins. It is so detailed and full of wonderful information for income analysis and employment history documentation. 
If you are out there taking loan applications in today's world, you know that there are so many different ways people are paid and their hours are fluctuating and so many people are on variable types of income that it's not slam dunk anymore to just go, oh, take the hourly rate times the number of hours they work. This FAQ gets into specific examples to make sure sales and operations are all going to be on the same page. I really hope Fannie adopts this identical methodology and that we can get all both of them on the same page and really make it easier and less painful for borrowers um, to find out in underwriting all of a sudden my income doesn't work. Love this memo. Make sure you check it out. It's hot off the presses. Freddie Mac 23-22 and there's a link to an FAQ with some great information. So that's my report today. Back to you, Dave. Good report, Alice. Thank you so much. If you want to go back and listen to all of Alice's reports, you can do so at our website. They're all listed out. It's all there with Alice's wonderful reporting. Thank you, Alice. Alan Pollock is here with an update on what's going on in mortgage technology. Hey, David, and all of our listeners. Great to be here today. Uh, some interesting stuff, David. First, let's start with DoorDash. Uh, pretty cool. They are testing, and this this could raise a few questions and maybe a whole conversation, but they are testing new alerts for users who try to place delivery orders without tipping. And, and in the article, it says, just don't, by the way, the pop-ups warn the orders without tips that they may take longer to be accepted and delivered. In a world today where so many people are talking about tipping or not tipping, uh, technology may uh, actually delay our food or tell us what we should or shouldn't do. So anyways, take a look at it. It's probably controversial, um, but very interesting nonetheless. Let's move on, David, to Elon Musk. He just debuted what he calls Grok, his AI bot, to challenge GPT. Now, it's interesting, and I'm reading this from uh, the press release. Grok, the company said, is modeled on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's supposed to have a bit of wit and a rebellious streak, and it should answer the spicy questions that other AIs may dodge according to their statement. And it says that they have act data and access to everything in X, remember prior name Twitter, uh, which XAI said it will give a leg up. Uh, there's a wait list. You can go online, just search for Elon Musk AI or the word Grok, and you can sign up and get on the wait list. It's supposed to expand uh, quite a bit in the uh, upcoming uh, weeks. Also, David, every week we give a great tool. The tool of the week is a company called slidesai.io. And uh, you can go online and within seconds, you tell it what you'd look to do or like to do, and it will create presentation slides for you. It's great for a starter. Should you not know or you just have a mind block, uh, this will get you going. And it will write a lot of the content for you very interestingly. So uh, check it out. Again, slidesai.io. All right, National Mortgage News. Uh, they had an interesting piece. You can search for this on Credit Expert. And what they're saying is make better offers and close more loans. And they're saying the next generation of credit potential is here. And this is the part that gets really cool. Uh, not only are they saying that obviously credit is the only thing as, a, as, a, as an originator you can adjust or possibly affect at the point of origination. They're saying you can make homes more affordable with the credit experts platform, predictable analytics that'll help a loan officer create a roadmap for consumers to get a targeted score. There's a demo online. You can check it out. Just Google National Mortgage News Credit Expert. And David Rocket, they now have a proprietary mortgage guideline search engine. This one is very cool, considering how many eyeballs on originators and underwriters they have. It's called R Pathfinder, uh, probably stands for Rocket Pathfinder. 
And uh, the innovative tool, it leverages, I'm reading some of their feedback, their comments here. It, it leverages generative AI technology for loan officers and underwriters, and they help find the answers to complicated qualification or loan processing questions. And they're saying the proprietary tech is used by more than 40,000 housing professionals already. That's a huge lift. They're also saying anyone who originates and processes loans will have all the information through their chatbot needed to facilitate the American dream at their fingertips. So no more thumbing through guidelines, uh, no more printed reference pages, no more handwritten notes. They say they have over just about a half a million pieces of content. We're going to see more and more of this, and we'll talk about this more in the upcoming weeks, uh, but it's called our Pathfinder for anyone that's interested. Now, some of you may have heard, moving on, Intuit, they are killing the Mint product. They have a huge subscriber base. Not sure, I didn't read into the details exactly why, but go check out FinLocker. FinLocker in our industry does something very interesting. They take that same kind of data, they take the same kind of approach, but they do something very different. And they're focused on helping financial institutions provide that. I wouldn't call them, uh, probably Brian, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna call you a PFM, um, but it definitely um, provides some of that and a whole world of knowledge and education to borrowers to help them understand their goals and in getting into home ownership. So um, very interesting. So again, Intuit is killing the mint product. And just because in our industry, we've got a, we've got a product you should be looking at, Finlocker, go take a look at them. All right, David, the next thing, Stratmore. They are now doing for 2024 their Stratmore Group Technology Insight Study. It's a survey, takes less than 10 minutes. Uh, anyone can participate. Uh, you also can sign up. If you're a member of Stratmore, you'll get a free copy of the report. Uh, you can just Google it, Stratmore Technology Insight Study. You can find their site, the link, and I think it was in Rob, the Rob Krisman report as well, so you can find that. Uh, David, second, check this out. CoreLogic. So we talked about them two weeks ago because they had acquired Roostify and they announced that, you know, their new digital mortgage platform was kind of in market. Well, I went back to that article because I saw it in National Mortgage News, it said CoreLogic launches an all-in-one platform for loan origination. A little bit of a different spin on the advertisement that was CoreLogic, the prior one, unveils their integrated digital mortgage platform. So you see they're talking about they have the components and needs to help you originate a loan. They're not saying they replace an LOS, but I thought the take on marketing is very interesting. But more importantly, uh, we're in that world where we're trying to consolidate products. We're trying to use more systems that are all in one. So anyways, what I'm getting at here is they say, you ready? The integration with CoreLogic and Roostify gives the automatic IQ borrower income analysis, the smart fees, which are all those local municipality and filing fees and title fees, and their gold standard of property data. So all of those together brings a very interesting transformation and experience of the loan origination process. So either you're already a Roostify customer or CoreLogic or you're looking for something new, go check it out. Pretty cool. Um, then, David, moving on, another piece in National Mortgage News that I thought was really, really interesting. They basically said that more than half of banks and credit unions are aggressively applying data science tools in their pursuit for mortgage clients compared to 17% of non-banks. So what that means is we all have to be focusing, but banks even more because, or financial institutions, because you have members, customers, you have a relationship and you should be working on that in order to generate or recycle those customers into mortgage options, even if it's education and preparing them for when rates continue to fall. Uh, but anyways, check that out. Uh, again, that was National Mortgage News and it was a story about banks and credit unions aggressively applying data science tools. 
Uh, David, next week, I want to talk a little bit about Salesforce. They just released a whole bunch of AI tools. I think LinkedIn did as well. Uh, we'll talk more there. There's some AI, some things I hear about other underwriting engines. I know Angel.ai is a, a friend of yours in the industry that you've been talking to, and, and they've been doing some demos that uh, I've seen online. We're going to see more automation. But, folks, most important thing I can say to you this week is start thinking about what you're going to do when things turn around, which which we're all hoping for soon, or at least the beginning of next year. And we'll be in that position where we don't want to have to go and start hiring tons and tons of underwriters and other folks. We want our technology to be nimble. We want it to, to do the things that give us ROI. And we want as much automation and data recognition as possible. So with that being said, I hope everyone has a great week. If you want to chat about AI or any other topic, you know how to get a hold of me. It is alan at tms-advisors.com. Thanks. Have a great week. Very good. Thank you so much, Alan, for being here. Great update. Watch out, listeners. You learn something every day on the podcast, listening to our Lincoln on Lending. Be sure to share this podcast with others. This is just a sample of all the knowledge we try our best to give you. Again, as we say at the top of the podcast, providing you information that you can listen to and grow by every single day. Our commitment is bringing you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. And we also say, and is shareable. Encourage you to share it with your associates. Listeners, thank you for being here. And we appreciate all the regulars for what they do to contribute to this podcast. A special thank you goes out to Byte Software, Finastra, Total Expert, iEmergent, the MBA, Lenders One, Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, MMI, and Modex. Appreciate you all for being sponsors. Listeners, have a great week and look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.